Hello and welcome to the SRA Album Party. My name is Alex Irons from Smoke Radio and I'm joined by Lyndon and Josh from The Fame. How are you doing, guys? We are, we are good. We are pretty, pretty jet-lagged. We've been, <laughs> been awake for over 24 hours, yeah. but you know we're happy to be here having this conversation about the, the album. Yeah, it's couldn't have be said fun. it better. Could not have said it better. I'll try not to keep you for too long, oh, although we... Mate, as long as you need. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I did hear that your uh, flight was delayed in as well, oh, so... Yes, that was, a, yeah. that was a fun time, wasn't it? I think Sam was across the aisle from the lady. I think she was very scared, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Very scared to be on the flight and basically said we were all in danger. We were full of flight, which is very encouraging as we're about to fly to Detroit. But, um, yeah, so we're on the, on the tarmac for about half an hour and mm-hmm. then we had to spend another hour taking this lady back to LAX because mm. she didn't want to be on the flight. We're already two hours late and the, as well. the plan was two hours delayed, so so fun times. Yeah, it was great. Fun times. That doesn't sound fun. <laughs> you <laughs> gotta make the most of it, man. Yeah. It's not fun, but we make our own sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, that's Do true. We can. Just on the on the flight, it's like actually, I don't feel safe on this flight either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, like, that, that doubt starts creeping in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nah, we made it here, so that's the important thing. Yeah, of course. And you guys are over here for a while, but you kind of been touring all over the place uh, since I saw you last Josh it was yeah. in the back of a, a van outside the uh, <laughs> outside the garage in Islington That's and since right. then you've kind of been everywhere yeah. um, I'm surprised you've had time to write an album down let alone kind of record and produce one. Oh, I think we've surprised ourselves a little bit man we've kind of squeezed <laughs> it in in every sort of little spare amount of time we've had we've been riding on the road written writing yeah. before tour on tour after tour then back home on our holidays just whatever we can to get the album done and in a position where we feel really proud and really happy to release it out to the world. I was gonna say, does a holiday even exist at this point? No, <laughs> no, nah, man. Like my holiday was tracking drums, writing drums, and rehearsing drums. So you were just been, working hard. Been going ever since I joined this band. Yeah. But it's a good thing, though. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. I mean, if you can track drums on a in a cocktail bar on the beach somewhere, I guess that counts, right? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sorry to say, that'll probably never happen, but you well, know what? One can dream. One can dream. One can a boy dream. can dream. Uh, but the brand new album's called State of Mind. It's a, a debut album. Yes. Um, the first track on the album is called Tongue Tied. Mm. Um, I was going to say, uh, one of the processes of this album for you guys is that you're coming out of your comfort zone. Mm. Um, and the first song on the album is very different to what we've heard from you guys previously. Yeah. Um, as an album, no two songs sound the same. So I was wondering if you guys even have a comfort zone anymore at this point. Um, like it's different. We're always trying to like, you know, stretch the boundaries and do things we haven't done before. Um, especially with the like with the addition of Sam and I into the band, I think the writing process has changed quite a lot. Um, we're from a different background to. Like, well, actually, everyone's got a very different musical background, so it's interesting to see those dynamics in play when you're trying to write, especially, you know, in a room for the first time and figuring out what works, what doesn't work. But, yeah, so to answer the question, like, versatility is one thing we're always going to try and push, whether that is, like like versatility within a genre or across a bunch of different genres. Like we're always going to try and make sure it's interesting and no two songs are the same because I feel like if the songs are too similar, you're going to, you're going to lose the audience and you've got to make it interesting. Yeah, of course, exactly. and the album does, it is, I have had a listen, it is very interesting. Um, Thank you. As you said, no songs do sound the same. It's very, you've got, I know you've had like a lot of, uh, 
like a bigger production team than I know uh, most bands would probably have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most and quite a lot of those names are quite big from different bands. So you've kind of had like a different. It's almost like you've taken their influence and just sprinkled it in here and there. That's how it comes across in the album anyway. And I quite enjoy that. I think it was really like it's a nice touch to have, and yeah. it's kind of your own sound mixed with the bands that you're influenced with, and they've had a hand to play in that as well. Oh, exactly, man. Like like Lyndon said before, you know, obviously Sam and Lyndon coming into the band is important for all of us to just utilize perspective because you know music's all about perspective it's all about you know finding the you know the strengths in what everyone kind of finds within their creative process to music and that's what we've done and we've done this with this album we're going to continue to do it and it's this unpredictable medium that we've just tapped into and it's really really exciting because we can write songs as a four or we can write songs with a producer in the room or whoever in the room and know that we're going to come out with something that's true to what we want people to hear essentially Shall we hear that song now? Would I, shall I let you guys introduce it in? So, Tongue Tied. Yeah, uh, I can introduce it. So, yeah, Tongue Tied was one of the the last ones to sort of, um, that we worked on in LA. Um, we worked with a guy called Drew Folk. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Like, such a, such a fun session. We literally got there that day, didn't really have any any ideas at all yeah, no plans but at then all. like a, you know we decided we wanted like a fast song then a bass riff came and then the rest followed and we and especially with tongue type we wanted it to be like unpredictable and like rapid changes but also it had to make sense in the context of like a pop song mm. and like a or pop rock whatever you want to call it mm. um, and I think that's what Tongue Tied ended up being like it's it's a total like anomaly on the album very different fast it doesn't really have you know much well it's got it's got a driving pulse but yeah it's got a it's, it's not much groove is it? it's, it's, it's very minimalistic yeah. in terms of production which I find really cool yeah it's more like it's more just driving more than anything right it's yeah. pretty much just like it, it, we felt like it was a strong live song especially as a first song on the album and like when we were talking with Drew it was like that conversation of finding that sort of difference in our sort of songwriting to find because we haven't written a song like that before ever yeah. and it was just really exciting to tap into that and yeah. yeah we found a really cool song out of it really yeah so yeah nice to have some fast songs as well like especially one, for you as the drummer one, one, thing I, one thing I noticed is that Sorry. all of them most of the previous songs have been <laughs> relatively slow almost ballad is at some points yeah. and then there's the rocky ones but yeah so it was cool to have a, a nice energetic kick to start the album just blatant hand clapping song every time you hear that song hands in the air straight away <laughs> yeah. See, that's tongue tied in a nutshell I yeah guess. exactly exactly <laughs> you know it
So the second song on the album is uh, also the first single from your album, State of Mind, it's Human. Uh, it's probably the most fitting single on the album in regards to the name and its kind of look at mental health. Mm. Um, and I was going to say, although it is important for everyone, it's more important... Uh, to the, I was going to say it's important to the fact that you guys have quite a strong male audience yeah um, I've been to your shows before and normally you'd expect there to be like kind of like a more sway towards a female audience but it's like a 50 split yeah. um, would you say that your message on this not just on this track but on this album would resonate to a gender that still has problems talking about their mental health um, I think it's it I think the album isn't just specified towards, you know, mental health. I think it's just in general something that we felt that we wanted to like, you know, put out into the world. It's it's it's, it's about, it can be about relationships, it can be about your circumstances, it can be about your career, it can be about your own journey, it can be about your own happiness. I think it's about finding your own perspective whether it's, you know, and I'm I'm happy that people would find some sort of positivity we all are that would find some sort of positive perspective out of it, but I feel like the album isn't just confined to that as well, which is which is the exciting thing about it because the reason why we've created this album and it's especially with like you know humans as well we want people to kind of find their own sort of identity and their own sort of perspective of it that's why humans is quite it's not necessarily about a specific relationship or a specific event or a specific person it's more of like you know uh, a testament to the that the person as a whole mm. you know what makes us human is the intricacies and the reactions to life you know not necessarily uh you know there's no construction process to being a human being you know it's it's a very unpredictable medium Course. And we are, as if we, as like the first song, we're going to hear from Human now. Would you like to talk us into it? Well, uh, we are one half of the fame, and, you're gonna, <laughs> and you are listening to our newest single, Humans. And I hope you enjoy it. Easy comes, easy goes, somewhere out the window. Give you hope, you don't know, it's never really simple. I, I'm enjoying the no different than I Some will change, some too late I may be the lighter Will you be the one to say Happy ever after? Oh, you may give it a try But we're all one of a kind Love is only painful when it lies That's why it's okay to fight
it couldn't be a fame album without the old favorite in <laughs> summer is a curse uh, which does make an appearance on this uh, on your debut it does it's yes. already had around about 26 million streams globally across is all platforms it is that many now wow. yes it that's could have wild. gone up more since i last checked but <laughs> that's what that's it intense. was the last time that's i saw it awesome. was there anything that you changed when coming back to writing summer is a curse for this album or did you kind of was it more of a case of if it's not broke don't fix it it was definitely a case if it's not broke don't fix it you know it was more of the the fact that we wanted to acknowledge where we'd sort of started as a band and the testament of like and kind of to show how much we've grown you know like the because i feel like it has its place on the album because you know summer is a curse versus the state of mind i think it really shows the progression of us as a band and you know really because you know through touring and through just songwriting and through being involved in the music industry we've all learned a lot and grown a lot in a very short amount of time and you know summer is a curse was that it opened a lot of doors for us during that time, you know, and it it was that song that kind of brought us to Germany and it allowed us to to really get a foot in the door in the music industry. Um, and we felt like it was just important to have on the album because, you know, the album wouldn't be there without that song, mm. essentially. So we felt like it was just important to, to acknowledge that. You say it opened doors for you. I think it was number 12 on the radio charts in Germany and yes. two in the Czech Republic, I yeah, believe. Yeah, it did really well. And especially with Czech Republic, it was like a bit of a surprise, really. I mean, we're still yeah. here and it's, you're doing really well in France right now as well and it's, it's funny you mentioned the Czech Republic because on our headline run at the start of the year we had an off day in Prague and we were going out to <laughs> to get dinner one night and on the well on the Uber it was Uber yeah, or taxi it was Uber. It was we, were Uber. In, we were in separate we're, Ubers we're, well. we're in separate Ubers and the Uber driver just had like his radio tuned to the radio and we heard Summer is a Curse like halfway through the journey we're like yeah. what the hell is this <laughs> so strange we had, we had no idea it was even on radio over there at the time so it's oh. just yeah, that, that song is, like, like Josh said, it's just, you know, done so much for this band and we're super grateful people like it. Did yeah. you tell the taxi driver that that was you on the radio or did he we, just We not? tried to downplay it. Yeah, we tried to downplay it. I don't think he really cared that much, but... Nah, he, he, just, he just wanted his money. Yeah, he? he was just enjoying the drive, you know. Maybe he didn't even speak English. Maybe he was just nodding his head. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he was enjoying it that much. Was Maybe like, yeah. he was. <laughs> let's go with that. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's lock that in. <laughs> When the wind blows Black tint on the windows I can't see what the future holds But I wanna know I tiptoe on the dirt road Too hot for the devil I can't see what the future holds But I wanna know It's like hearts don't bleed like
So coming into number four, uh, number four on the album, Beautiful Drama, uh, the urge not to sing along with the line, Beautiful Llama, became a little too <laughs> strong for me on this one. Oh, um, but what is the story behind uh, the track? Uh, as it's one that sounds like it could resonate with me just a little too much. Oh, I like that, man. That's, that's, that's cool. That's good. I'm glad, I'm glad the song, I'm, even if the song resonates. That's a good thing because of what's been happening in my life. Oh, but. hey, man. You know what? I feel like, you know, everyone's pain is their own pain. No one's is any more or any less than anyone yeah. else's, you know? And the important thing is that you resonate with the song because, you know, when we write a song, for us, even if one person connects to it, then it's, you know, a job well done. And, um, you know, Beautiful Drama was a song that was in the works for a long time. I think about a year and a half because I remember I had the chorus in my head for ages and ages and ages and I just I, I remember bringing it to, to Stevie in the studio at one point and the, it wasn't it wasn't the chorus it was now it was like beautiful drama like it was it was six lines and it just like I can't live without beautiful drama can't and like just constantly beautiful drama over and over and over and over again and then eventually we revisited it and we were like hey this could be really cool and we ended up yeah it ended up becoming the song and we fleshed it out in LA we had I remember the day we had a we had a two studio sessions that day and we ended up getting into the session starting this song at like eight o'clock and um oh it was such a long day but uh we ended up turning the song into what it is now and it's really become a great live track and that's what we've realized more and more like we of course we love the the studio track but um you know playing it live for us especially like it was one of the first songs i we kind of got to hear back you know through people's phones and just seeing it live and you know our sound guy showing us recordings of that song live and you know the way the chorus kicks in it really just kind of just really empowers you you know for us anyway being on stage it's just a, it's a really fun song to play and it's a really fun song to listen to and you know again it's that it's a, it's a testament to that you know not everything that's bad in your life can be looked at with a negative light you know sometimes negative circumstance is a positive thing because it helps you grow and it helps you become bigger than what you are you know at the end of the day you can have a negative reaction to anything but you can also have a positive reaction to anything and that's completely within your own control and that's kind of what that song steps to there's also you could say that there's a balance you can't have a negative reaction without a positive exactly one. yeah exactly so it's kind of what you take from a situation is kind of what I'm guessing that's what the mantra of the song is about it's kind of whatever you take from it is your kind of positive or negative line exactly exactly man we're going to hear that track now would you like to give a little intro well we're looking well, at this you. is uh, track four yeah. our debut track album four. Yeah. State of Mind yeah. <laughs> and it's called Beautiful Drama that's the one or is it Beautiful Drama Oh, that's up to the people, the good old well, people to decide. Nah, it's beautiful drama. <laughs> You're not seeing that live now. You can call it llama if you like, but beautiful <laughs> drama. 
the internet will decide. <laughs> they always decide, don't they? Yes. Much, don't sleep enough. I live inside my head, and every thought I have is you. I hate the way I love the way you wrap me around your finger, then move on to someone new. Don't criticize my state of mind, I'll be fine. Between the nights, I'm writing lines, trying to find some peace of mind. Cause every time I'm with you, I'll be wondering why. Addicted to a memory of holding on to you I'm lost in you, what can I do To make this night last longer than the dirty lonely truth Open my mind to paradise every night You touch me right, I close my eyes to the crime And realize that every time I'm with you Halfway through State of Minds, we're looking at track number five, which is Buying Time, uh, which on the listen through, uh, I thought sounded very much like Fallout Boy, or kind of like very Fallout Boy influence. Hey, we'll take it, man. We'll take how it. Much, I was going to say, how much did Pete Wentz uh, have on influencing this track? Um, as I know, he did have a part to play <laughs> yeah. on your earlier material. Um, yeah. um, yeah. Buying Time, that was like, 
Well, to me, it sounds more like a throwback to like '90s alternative rock, like sort of Weezer, mm. like even Green Day at a pinch. Um, but yeah, it sort of started out like that. Um, Sam came up with a guitar riff and a melody, like in Brooklyn after tour, and then we sort of built the song around that. Um, the, yeah, all four of us sort of did our own thing to it. Yeah, took it to the studio in LA. I tracked on through it back in Perth, and then boom, there it is. Yeah, like <laughs> honestly, like that's it was it was really good it was, it was special because that was kind of like a little bit of our baby like state of mind as well you know like we had come up with it ourselves and conceptually that song at first glance it's kind of like you it's without even realizing it's actually quite a dark song you know i, I wrote that song in the perspective of quite a, a very dark reflective not dark reflective place but kind of like almost sad and reminiscent because mm. you know everyone loses people everyone has certain relationships they wish they could take back and there is a line about having a head in the sand yeah as well. it's, mm. it's more that that sense of like you know sometimes blissful ignorance is kind of what you wish you could have but you're kind of thrust into a circumstance of uncontrollable emotion and then you it's either you can face that or kind of let it consume you and that was something I dealt with for a long part of my life with a friend of mine who had passed away a a long time ago and dealing with that sort of process and you know not to say like I mean everyone loses people everyone has their own pain not to say it's any more anyone less is anyone's uh, any uh, anyone else's pain is any less it's just more of a testament to the fact that sometimes you can feel like you're just wading through the world kind of not really finding any sort of uh, glue to stick to you're just kind of floating and that was that sort of feeling I had you know that process of like grief anger sadness and then what's after that you know and it's like that sort of like you know head in the cloud sort of emotion but you know there's a resolution at the end of that and that's that song was a very powerful one and we all love it and it's going to be amazing to play it live I think the last one's acceptance mm. it's kind of accepting that what's happened has happened and yeah, moving on exactly. from that and you've been through the grief cycle and it's also one of those things where it's it can reoccur and I guess buying time is kind of you're buying time during your grief you're grieving but you're also buying time to make sure that you don't start grieving over exactly. the same thing again and it's like not really something you ever really forget or get over it's just something that you kind of deal with over time and you kind of get stronger and whatever and you have waves of it it comes and goes but it's something you never forget but it's just something that you build into I guess mm-hmm. yeah. would you like to introduce the track sure this is our uh, track number five and this is buying time of our album state of mind Thank you. 
sixth track on the album, Infamous, is another shift in sound. Uh, it's quite, it's quite mellow and somber, but it also has that kind of. It's more of a Five Seconds of Summer, 1975 kind of feel. Um, it's also a single that you've had previously. Um, was it the plan to have two previous singles on the debut album? Well, we actually hadn't released the song previously. It was something we'd played live for ages. Oh, was, okay, yeah. You know, it's fine. No, no worries. It, it, honestly, it feels like we've released it. Honestly, we've been playing it that much and people have, have known so much of it and know all the little intricate details. And it's on of it. YouTube and all that. Yeah, things, all yeah. the rest of it, man. But it was actually one of those songs we built as our live show progressed. You know, as we, again, like like with Beautiful Drama, we were listening to the live videos and thinking, like, how can we improve the song? And Infamous was that one in the bank that we just had in for quite a while. And, you know, again, it was that, that was a song that felt very inclusive. You know, I feel like every time we play that live, I feel like the crowd is quite in tune with that, you know, like, because it, it starts with, you know, an invitation, you know, like, can you hear it now? It's like that, you know, just bringing people in. And I, I like that sort of inclusive feeling into a show. And I feel like it kind of, it kind of breaks down the barrier of like, you know, stage and listener, you know, I want it to be more of a collaboration and more of a cooperation of just loving music, you know, and Infamous was something that we had in the bank for a very long time. And again, as the live show progressed, we ended up adding that. John London um, did a very great job of producing a lot of that. And we wanted it to sound like the live track because it just sounded sounded so good live. And we thought, hey, there's no really, if it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it once again. So we're just like, let's roll with it and make it sound like the best sort of rock and life song we can. And yeah, it's turned into a really good song and it seems to really resonate live. Is it one of those tracks that you feel, uh, just throwing this in there, sure. that might benefit from maybe a choir? Or having like some kind of backing, like an orchestral feel to it. Possible. Or as in, like you want people to kind of feel as in, like it's not just it's not them and the band; it's everyone together. Yeah. Having that kind of sound could have been like just having that. It sounds like it could have been like the, having that inclusion there already. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't thought of it that way. But before. like, I think definitely. I mean, like it's one of those songs that like we could just leave the whole chorus for the crowd to sing. Yeah. You know, just to kind of hear. One day. I mean, yeah, one day when. <laughs> When everyone knows the words, uh, and the song's will be dead silent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not anytime soon, but I mean, yeah, it just feels like that song that other people need to get out, you yeah. know, in that sense. And it's not just me singing it on stage, it's the people listening, it's the people connecting with it and also singing it, whether it's in their rooms or in, in front of us at a show, you know. So, yeah, I guess, well, I mean, why not? If anyone's willing to sing one of our songs, please feel free. <laughs> get to a point where they'll sing the chorus and you can disappear, get a bottle of water, come back in time for the, the second Oh, verse. my Lord. I, mean, <laughs> I can't imagine that. Goals, yeah. I mean, honestly, that would be such a humbling testament and uh, honestly I wouldn't be able to stay away I'd have to sit pull up a chair and listen <laughs> side of stage I'll just let these guys sing yeah exactly don't need me anymore it would be a, a very quiet appreciation I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't want to come between that uh, sort of cool connection with the music I would be happily to just listen see there'll be a point where you play for example maybe the O2 in London and you just sit in a chair in the middle of the stage be like no I've come to see you guys perform yeah yeah exactly I mean, what are you guys I'm not, I'm not here to play. I mean, play I'm here to watch you guys play you know? <laughs> but yeah would you like to, to see us into uh, number six infamous? okay yeah. so this is track six infamous it's been in the works for quite a while and now you get to hear it that's right in the flesh in the in the flesh and not on YouTube and not, and on, not on YouTube, YouTube the studio version yes yeah, so exactly. enjoy Can you hear it now? 
It's not the same In the final chase You'll not be afraid Will you follow me To a darker place Where we can find Beauty in our embrace This heart is torn track number seven which is Amelie uh, the first thing I thought was that this sounded like a heavier version of Crimea River by Justin Timberlake <laughs> yeah like it had that kind of the opening what? chorus riff was very that's much dope. like you know what man it I'll sounds like Crimea that. River we'll take that hectic that's, what's the I've never heard that comparison before but it's an interesting one to say <laughs> the least I heard it that's going cool. in I was just like this sounds like Crimea River, like just kind of like the bit at the beginning yeah. kind of sounds like sounded like that. And I was like, is it going to go that way? No, it's not going to go That's that cool. way. That's cool. Um, but what's the story behind this one? Um, the story behind that one, where we were writing that with uh, Linus, um, Linus Original Mind in his studio. And we just kind of came in with no real prepossessed idea on what to write. We just had a completely blank slate and we were talking to him and he was just like, I've got this really cool production idea. And we're like, great. And we listened and it was like kind of similar to what the intro is now. And we were stoked. We loved it. And then we pretty much based the song around that. And the concept was Amelie. It's a, it's a French, I think it's a French theater 
uh, program or, uh, or a story. I'm not too sure if it's still played or it might just be a French movie, but um, <clears throat> essentially about a young woman in sort of that similar circumstance, you know, in that world of negativity, trying to grow out of a negative environment, but again, kind of faced with those negative obstacles and again, just constantly kind of put down, you know, which I kind of feel everyone in some stage of their life kind of goes through those sort of, those emotions and those sorts of feelings. And I felt like we felt like it was important for this song to kind of be that sort of testament because there's no real resolution with this song, you know, well, there is a resolution and it's quite a dark one, to be honest, towards the end. But, you know, we felt like that was an important thing to kind of, notify because that does happen you know there's no important there's no reason to hide from it because those sorts of things are a big issue in today's society and everyone's kind of feel that can feel that way and some people don't even know that they're feeling that way mm-hmm. and it could be a friend family parents or whatever and Emily kind of necessarily wasn't about anyone sort of specific in our lives it just kind of became that character that you can kind of relate to in the sense of feeling kind of hopeless or really negative in your own world but again that's that testament to like you can grow out of that and you can be bigger than the bullshit sort of thing I know that um, you guys kind of have a mantra of kind of you wear your hearts on your sleeves what you write about isn't uh, isn't faked in any way Um, but when it does come to writing stuff or songs like Amelie is it kind of like you said you have like a character in mind is that kind of during the song process do you always think here's like a character in our heads we can base around a song around this character and then build like build our own kind of experiences into that character yeah like I think that does happen quite a lot you know whether sometimes maybe the character is like a indirect way to kind of express yourself because it's it's easier to kind of look at it than yourself if that makes sense and you know and one one thing that I because I like you know stories and you know tales and you know characters and plots and all those sorts of things are really interesting one thing that Anthony Keardless from the Red Hot Chili Peppers does you know with Danny California and California Cage you know that character he created through those songs to me that sort of idea really resonated you know it doesn't have to be about a specific person but it can be about a person that is a, a figment of a variety of emotions and a variety of experiences which to me is still a, as strong as as someone if they were a real person anyway you know, so too fair i always thought anthony kiedis was just writing about the state of california <laughs> i think most people think that but hmm. i put a magnifying glass on that guy quite a lot and it's pretty interesting to know how Cartoons, he writes like but he does 80% of the time it probably is about California (laughs) would you like to introduce track number 7 sure this is track number 7 and it is Amelie and I hope your ears enjoy it
So number eight on uh, on your album State of Mind is called Worlds Apart. I feel that, or I felt that this track is a bit of a dark horse on this album. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's nicely tucked away towards the bottom of the record, but I feel it's got like kind of fan favorite feel to it. It's like a, a bit of an anthem already. Yeah. Um, and as we're recording this, it's not even been released yet. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, true. But in regards to Worlds Apart, or Words Apart, What's again? What's the story behind this one? Because it sounds like kind of like could be a bit of characterization, relationship breaking up, mm. kind of vibe to it. Um, well, again, that song is it. It kind of is about that, you know, like you know that first line, like "Take me back to when your heart beat." You know, that's already a reminiscent sort of feeling. You know, again, it can be about a specific relationship, but it can also be an inward look to yourself as well. You know, that sort of feeling of you know I've changed and I've I've stepped outside of who I used to be. I either want to get back to that or I need to learn from that. And it could also be about a relationship. Again, this is something that we try and utilize. We want people to create multiple perspectives of it. You know, for for me, when I look at that song. It's like, you know, I always kind of have an inward look towards myself. You know, this this year and a half has been a big growth experience and a big, big change for all of us here in the band. And um, I feel like we can all kind of relate to that in some way, you know, because we've all had to face a lot of things. And, you know, Lyndon especially, you know, I mean, you flying over once playing your first show on the other side of the world. You've had a whirlwind of a year. <laughs> it's been a big year. It's been a big sure. year for you. And, um, yeah, like, words apart, it's yeah, interesting. So, obviously, for the lyrical content, but also instrument-wise, like, instrument mm. like it, there's a lot of cool stuff going on there. Like, um, if you listen closely to the, the bass and the guitar and the drums and the chorus, they're all doing, like, their own little different thing. Mm. But the way they come together gives it a really cool little um, impact and a bit of a kick that like, the chorus needs. Mm, definitely. Um, yeah, which is probably my favourite thing about the song, to be honest. Yeah. And it's going to hit live hard, especially that chorus. I think it's going to be a good good live song for sure. Like I said, it's a dark horse. Exactly. Yeah, on the like that. That's a cool way to describe it. <laughs> or, it could hey, like a, or it could be a flop. Who knows? <laughs> oh, good, no, but hey, we love the song. We're going to put it out and hopefully people enjoy it. I'm calling it now. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. But uh, again, who wants to, to talk it in? I can do this one if you, you want. Go, go for on, it, mate. All right, so here is track eight. It's called Words Apart. Take me back to when your heart beat. You tell me that you just don't know. You're right here, but where'd you go? You desire, thought you were a fighter. Wish we could see the start to finish. Kinda like each other's sentence. Nothing is all that you got if you give up expression. But in our tongue, I don't think we'll ever learn a lesson. Guess we'll never learn. Guess we'll never learn. Your terminology got me feeling that I'm crazy. Part of me feels like that we've been overthinking lately. Now we'll never know. Trip 
Uh, coming on to track number nine, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that you guys uh, do have a mantra of wearing your heart on your sleeve and being honest. Um, and with right with this, you, you've written a song that has uh, it, it cuts pretty deep um, as it's a story about what it sounds like someone's dad to hit in the bottle. Mm. Um, I was to say, if that's kind of, I'm guessing it's had like quite a strong impact on one of your lives. And how tough is it to write music about stuff like that? I think it's tough for anyone, whether you're writing music about it or not. I think it's just tough to face in general because, I mean, like, whether it's it's one of those things like you kind of squash down over the years. You know, you don't really pay any sort of attention to it, and like, especially you know me, I, I am the type of person to distract and you know be the center of attention because it's easy to be the center of attention and kind of look inward and have anyone question you or have anyone ask because no one wants to ask the center of attention what's wrong because everything looks fine mm. you know and that seems that for a long time was the easiest way of dealing with things and it's never the right way to deal with things and I found that out you know writing that in the studio it kind of you know through meditation subconsciously it kind of it kind of poured out because we went through this breathing exercise with John Feldman it was a sort of meditation and it was like through the deprivation and uh, like you know access of oxygen that kind of made your body feel really strange and I don't really know the science of it too much but um, essentially just like just bawled my eyes out for a very long time and then like realised that I had a lot to say about something like that and it wasn't really with any sort of specific intent in mind it was just more something that really wanted to write down you know in general and like everything kind of flowed really quickly and that that's why that song is quite stripped back and quite you know naked in that sense Mm. because that's how it feels to sing that song you know be very vulnerable and you know it's it's kind of it's quite a strange thing to put out because it is it is very personal it is very you know inward and I'm a very you know as extrovert and as as friendly as I am I do like to hold a lot to myself I'm quite a private person in that sense so it is a little a little uh, daunting <clears throat> daunting to put that sort of thing out there but you know again if one person can find some sort of solace or some sort of perspective or some sort of understanding out of it who might go through something similar or even something completely irrelevant but just enjoy the song that again is something that just felt really really important to be on the album and again it was that first step of you know being okay with with expressing yourself you know that's through that song came the process of really learning how to to get to that you know the uh, end of track song you know state of mind you know that's you know being vulnerable being just being honest with yourself about what you want to say and what you want to write instead of trying to dodge around it and dance around what you actually try and say if that makes sense it does and as you mentioned the song is quite naked i'm trying to think of a, a way to say that but you put it nicely uh, yourself um and i know the mantra behind the album is kind of breaking your comfort zone but this is definitely one of those things that kind of stands out as being getting out of it but not just in a musical sense it's more kind of a personal 
sense it is more of a personal sense and it's not just opening yourself up to to yourself but to every everyone that listens to the album to your fans or yeah. to people that might listen to the album once and and not look at it again yeah exactly and i think it's important to be like aware of things like that you know because my you know not to you know put any sort of light on it you know my parents are incredible people i wouldn't be anything without my parents you know everyone has their trials and tribulations my parents are the most supportive understanding wonderful people all of our parents are you know they're so supportive of this dream you know they're human like anybody else and you know they they've never done anything wrong by me my i love my parents more than anyone in the in the world and they're the reason why I sing today to, to be completely honest because I never really wanted to pursue it I never really had any belief in myself to pursue it in any way shape or form they were the ones waiting up at 4am to knock on my door while I'm singing in my room because I was just too shy to sing in front of people and they signed me up to my first musical theatre production when I was like 11 and got me to do it without even me knowing and you know they were the people that did that and this is again to them to let them know you know that it's just okay you know it's not anything wrong and I know you know I barely even remember any of those, that sort of stuff you know it's nothing that's affected me in like a horrible way but it's just it was more from my family than anything really I think No 
gorgeous holding me in your arms Dry my eyes in the strongest of thunderstorms Till the sky turned back to blue Now I'm older, I've been wanting to turn back time Say all the words that I needed to by your side Now you're gone, I miss you the last track on the album last one lucky last <laughs> last but definitely not least I was going to say last but definitely not the best I was going to say the best saving the best till last uh, you know <laughs> so you kind of wanted to with State of Mind it's a track you wanted to kind of test the water like you did with the first track uh, Tongue Tied <laughs> so we're ending where we started here on a nice little kind of yeah. loop around um, when it came to writing State of Mind did you was it kind of the idea that you're going to write the album with this track as it's as the title it's kind of kind of weird how that started to be honest like state of mind was like written back in perth like before our us tour like after the europe uk run and before the us tour it was the first song we sort of all wrote together and like and it was the first time we actually wrote together as well that whole period where this song came out of was the first time and being musicians it's always interesting like the the dynamic that you have with the other guys really plays a large role in how the end song comes out so that was sort of the I feel it was the middle ground between everyone um, getting their own like unique perspective and like influences across in one song like you can hear like the guitar parts and go that's Sam playing guitar and same with the keys same with the vocals the lyrics drums whatever and that's what makes that song so unique and something that I think all of us are most proud of on the album Um, yeah and hopefully highlighting a little bit of an insight into the future of where the band's sonic direction is going definitely and like again like Lindy said like it was yeah, we, now that you mention it, we actually completely kind of forgot that it was the first song that we'd actually wrote before, like, that whole oh, stint of recording. Anything, hey, like, yeah. yeah, it was like the first time we'd actually wrote together. And again, you know, we were all friends and stuff like that, but we didn't actually really know, know each other, you know, in that sense. And I feel like this was that first time where there was no prepossessed idea. We were just kind of talking and being completely honest and kind of just really welcoming the idea of just trying to write a great song. And that's why the original, the original well, track wasn't even was like, that. It was just seeing well, what yeah. came out. Well, yeah, it was right. just like, oh, I've got this idea and then run with that. Yeah. And then, yeah, just, just going with instincts, going with the flow and then, you know, not being afraid 
way to voice an opinion. Yeah. And exactly. I think we found a bit of a bit of a groove. Well, and this is what came out of it. The original thing was like six minutes. Yeah. And we ended up condensing it down. It was quite long, quite <laughs> ambitious, but you know, we cut it down to four and a half. Yeah, four thirty. Should have extended it. Should have done like Should just one. Oh, maybe we'll some uh, bonus, bonus track. Yeah, track. maybe we'll do an extended version. Have like a, a proggy maybe. version that's like a eighteen proggy minutes metal long. Version we'll put it. a breakdown in the middle as well. Or <laughs> <laughs> do what uh, indie bands were doing in the early noughties and just having like song and then ten minutes of silence. Oh, yeah, like yeah, a song. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Well, why at not? The, end of the album. Yeah. yeah. Why not? You got to fill out the the space. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. So uh, we're going to play that minute of silence now. Sure. And, uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so would you like to talk into your final track, State of Mind? Okay. You're You've got got the, oh, oh, you know what? How about I'll do first half and you introduce you the name? No worries, mate. Right, we are one half of the fame, and this is the final uh, song of our album, State of Mind, and it is called... It is called State of Mind. Funny that. Believe it or not. <laughs> so here you go. Thanks for listening in. It's been a blast doing this. Yes, we really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the album. Yeah, and I hope you enjoy this last track we've got for you. Yeah, come see us live. If you want to come here live, we're going to be playing it on our tour in the US and uh, with Stan Atlantic. Yep, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Cheers. Cause it's kept me here for so long oh, oh, oh.